0: This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to some. SummerInanin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth and confidence and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 151 151 and I am interviewing Graham Seabrook, certified life coach and founder of the mom center about how capitalism and the patriarchy shape the way we view motherhood, how this impacts our sense of self-worth and how to start advocating for your wants. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summer forward slash one five one. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Lux24, who left this fantastic review. I have been following Summer's work for a couple of years now. Her book, Body Image Remix, helped me tremendously in my journey to let go of both body image and food drama, and to have a healthier relationship with food. I am now 100% body positive, and I'm so happy about it. These messages need to be spread, and I'm so thankful there are women like Summer doing that. Thank you so much, Lux, and yay! I'm so glad that it helped you so much. And uh, thanks for getting the book. And I'm I'm just thrilled that it helped you. And uh, for those of you that don't know, I did write a book five years ago called Body Image Remix. And you can find that on my website at summerinand.com or more specifically, summerinnen.com forward slash book, I believe, takes you right there. Uh, it's also on Amazon if you want a paperback copy. So thank you for that. And you can leave a review by heading to iTunes, searching for Fearless Rebel Radio, then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review or give it a rating and definitely subscribe to the show. All that stuff helps me to... Be motivated to keep doing this. <laughs> no, um, but no, it really it really does. If no one was listening, I wouldn't do it. But so definitely do that. It helps others to find the show as well. And you can get the free ten day body confidence makeover as always on my website at summerinnandinn.com or just go to thebodyimagecoach.com with ten steps to take right now to feel better in your body. Today's guest is Graham Seabrook. Graham is a maternal mental health expert, advocate, and community leader who helps moms remove their capes and reconnect with their whole selves. As a certified life coach and founder of the Mom Center, an online community exclusively for moms, she's coached over 2000 women on how to place their names at the top of their priority list without guilt or shame. Her unique approach to her work includes methodologies that sits at the intersection of capitalism, patriarchy, and self-care. Graham's message moves beyond the traditional themes of finding balance and improving productivity for moms and takes a 360 degree look into strategies that encourage their complete mental and emotional wellness. She's also the host of the podcast, Your Mom Friend, where she leads thoughtful conversations with other real moms about the challenges and triumphs of their journeys. You're going to love this episode. Graham is... A firecracker. She's awesome. No, she just knows her shit really well, and she is really, really passionate about it, and has such a great way of communicating it. So enjoy. Welcome, Graham, to the show. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here. I'm so glad to have you here. This is gonna be fun. I know. I wish we had started recording 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff that. I just we in my talk. mouth a lot. I can't. <laughs> help it I have literally always been like this but that's why you're such a good writer and such a good (laughs) podcast host
1: I hope so I hope I literally used to talk in my sleep when I was a kid like I just they haven't been able to get me to shut up for a very long time
0: (laughs) 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 well let's have you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and what inspired you to be the coach for mom's
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I I wanted one for myself. That's really it's all very selfish. Pretty much everything that I do. Um it's all very I I hope hopefully it's selfish in a really good way. Um but it, it it is all really selfish. It's all I'm trying to create the things that I needed. Sometimes it's the things I needed last week. Sometimes it's the things I needed when I was a brand new mom. Sometimes it's just something I need right now that I've been looking for and I couldn't find it and And I always want to if I have to read a million books about something, right, or articles or listen to 500 podcasts to figure something out. And then I feel like I've cracked it. I want to give that to people so that you don't have to. What mom out there has the time to do all of the mess that I just did? Like somebody else out there is having the same problem and. I want to, yeah, I want to help. So that's really how it started. I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety. I had undiagnosed, untreated PTSD from my birth experience for about a year after. It took about a year after uh, my son was born before somebody said, mm something else is going on (laughs) uh flashbacks aren't really a part of depression so let's talk about this you know and I got amazing support I really did I got amazing support a lot of it was online a lot of it was in like Facebook groups I met some women online who are are now my best friends and we ended up moving across the country, <laughs> and and part of our move was knowing that um, the people who had lived in our computer w- live in Colorado and where where we moved to, and that we knew we would have real support after moving here. So I really did. I got a I got a ton of support, but at the same time, I I needed more. <laughs> I'm needy. I, need, I needed more. I needed somebody to help me with the practical stuff and not just the emotional stuff of motherhood. And I kept thinking, That when I got healthy, motherhood was going to make sense and that it was going to be easy. It was going to be natural. It was going to be all of those things that everybody tells you it is when you're pregnant. Like your body is made to do this, you know, and all that. And it's just crap. Like, yes, your body is made to do this. And also women have been dying from this from the beginning of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's both ands. Like we have to hold both of those things in tension. And humans aren't always the best at doing that. so I, while well, I had awesome support groups and I had awesome therapists, I didn't have anybody who could walk me through like, okay, what should the structure in our household be now? How do I set up a schedule that's healthy for me and my kid and my partner? How do I ask for help? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I need I need somebody to literally teach me how to ask for help. How do I set boundaries? All of this work that I do now coaching, mom, I really needed a coach. Yeah. And I, I, I found a ton of life coaches for business. I found a ton of life coaches who did like general life stuff. And the more I talked to them, um, a lot of them weren't moms. And so they didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate saying that because... You know, we hear um, there's this shaming that goes on from moms to people who haven't had kids, especially to people who present as women who haven't had kids. Of like, well, you don't really know, and you yes. can't really understand. You know, and the shaming aspect of it, I it really gets under my under my skin and makes me cringy. But I think I think it's like with, with any life experience, until you have gone through it, no, you really don't know people who haven't had depression really don't know what it's like to have had depression. There's no shame in that. You've just literally had a different life experience. Um, I can't teach you what it's like to not have depression, right? (laughs) Because that's your experience. You can't teach me what it's like to have depression. It's my experience. So there's ways that we can be helpful to each other and share our experiences. But there is a level of advice I just can't give you because I don't know. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I and that's the same with moms. I needed somebody who was a mom who understood that I was a mom, that I was dealing with mental illness, and that I was trying to start a business all at the same time. I really needed somebody to tell me that that was a really shitty idea. <laughs> I, really, I really needed somebody to shake me and be like, "What the hell are you thinking, woman?" <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe it's lucky I didn't because it worked out. I started my yeah. I was like. <laughs> screw it. If nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I really just started talking about self-care and writing about self-care and writing about all the things I was learning about. And it started with a Facebook group. I feel like that's how such a, I don't know, cliched story started. I started this Facebook group and then it just kind of grew. Um, <laughs> Like, but I did. I started this Facebook group called Self Care Squad, and it's got a couple thousand members now. I actually handed it off to a really good friend of mine almost two years ago now. I, I handed it off to Gail and was like, can you please adopt my baby? I can't do this. And it's, it was too much and it was too big and I couldn't do it anymore. And my business had gone in a different direction and it was solely focused on moms and not on everyone, right? Right. And she's been doing an amazing job stewarding that group and momming that group. She's freaking fabulous. So it still exists. And even if you're not a mom and you want to work on yourself, Self-Care Squad is a really cool place to hang out. I still hang out there. But yeah, I, I became more and more laser focused just on moms and the experience of motherhood. And as I healed and I got better and I realized, wait, it's not hard because I was sick. It's no, it's just fucked up. Like, this isn't right. Yes. (laughs) The way we're doing this, this isn't working. And I was looking around and all of these other moms were struggling. And I was like, wait, this isn't, it's not us. Mm -hmm. it is motherhood it it is this idea of what it's supposed to be especially modern you know 20 teens 2020 motherhood uh no it's a whole mess and it's not us it's not us it really is the thing and then I was like okay well then we're just going to change the whole culture and (laughs) and Adam looked at me and he was like cool okay um babe can you get paid for that <laughs> and I'm like, I guess we'll find out.
0: <laughs> and, and he's I, still
1: here. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay, sure. And he just started a new spreadsheet for the budget, which is his reaction to everything is just to start a new spreadsheet. That's, <laughs> that is that is. I've called him um, a spreadsheet with a beard before, and it's totally true.
0: <laughs> I like <laughs> that. I'm the same way. think <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's pretty much his reaction
1: to everything. He's like, okay, I'm just going to – I'll redo the budget and um, we'll figure it out. Uh, it turns out you can get paid for that. Great. Because now I, I, have, I have one-on-one clients. I have a course that I run once a quarter um, and I have a group. I have a, a private group that I took off of Facebook because Facebook makes me just – I'm so glad nobody can see me right now because I'm making a horrible face. Uh, it, <laughs> I can it, picture it. <laughs> oh, it just frustrates me so much. And I had to get out of there um, yeah. as much as possible. So, yeah. So it turns out, yes, yes, you can get paid for doing that. Not a lot. <laughs> but but we're working on it. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say right now
0: maybe. But
1: <laughs> like, no, not, 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 not a lot. Enough to pay for daycare is where, is where we are now, which is – not an insignificant amount of money let's yeah, be honest
0: i know so yeah i want to ask you about like one of the quotes that i guess went viral <laughs> and that was the one that said mummy needs and then you had the word wine crossed out and so it said mummy needs an end to the white supremacist patriarchal capitalist system that makes modern motherhood so dehumanizing that self-medication is both aspirational and expected I mean, I said I wanted to change the culture. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, talk to me about there's just so much in here. And I just I loved it. And I was like, who is this person? I think that's when I discovered I kind of I think I'd seen one of your articles um, get circulated around before. But then when I saw this, I was like, oh, I definitely need to talk to this person. But yeah, I mean, how do you see when you talk about it as the culture? Like, how do you see the patriarchy and capitalism shaping the way we view motherhood?
1: Oh my God. In literally everything. I can't even like in literally everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the, one of the things that we've been doing in, in my, in my course that we did, um we did it like two weeks ago. I challenged everybody who had kids over the age of four. So like everybody who had kids who could really like, you can have a conversation with, right. To sit down with their kids and ask them, what were the things that mommies do and what were the things that daddies do? And make a list. And I wanna and then I part of the course is that there's a, there's a partner pack that goes out to the dads. Yeah. So they're taking like a modified version of it. Um and so dads were asked to make a list of what are a mother's responsibilities. To a family and a father's responsibilities to a family mm-hmm. and then the moms were asked to do the same thing, and then I wanted everybody to look at all three lists okay because that's really what it is okay, so it is every it is whose responsibility is it to raise these children, yeah whose responsibility is it? And I think that's what it comes down to over and over again. All of those memes, like, I mean, we're just coming out of the summer. So all those vacation memes about how mom makes the list of 10 million things and packs all
0: of the stuff and dad brings the socks. right? (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's so funny. Like I, I had that exact kind of experience. I was like, and I just lost it. I was like, ah, I have to think about Everything I'm like, yeah. all you need to yeah. think about. Because I think my husband said something about how he was stressed about packing, about and I packing. was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, sure, I reached sure. my breaking <laughs> And my husband is like, and I read one of your articles that was like, <laughs> complaint. But like, I have one was, of the good ones. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly. So I'm that trying to word it in saying. a way that like it's he's really open. Oh no, I know. He's he's open, right. and right. He's, we we communicate, and we're working yeah. through these things. But they're so embedded and they're
1: baked into you to him to your parents, to his parents. They're in the air. This is the thing. It's like it's you're literally trying to change the air and the water and the soil. It is so baked into all of this stuff. I mean, we people still come on my page and try to argue that moms are just better multitaskers.
0: Some guy, some old guy said that to me in a parking garage because I was wearing my baby in a carrier and I was carrying groceries. And he's like, you know, women are just genetically better at multitasking. And I was like, oh, no, shit. I think that's, I said, no, I'm pretty sure it's social conditioning.
1: It's A million like, percent is social conditioning. And it starts <laughs> from the time that we're babies. And we don't realize that we're doing it to our kids from the time that they're babies the just the base expectations that we have we're gendering our kids so deeply and we don't even realize that we're doing it and i I, when i say we i literally mean we like i am doing this too adam is doing this too all of us are doing it the best that we can do is try and catch ourselves as much as possible and backtrack right um but we are a hundred percent not gonna stop doing it not in this generation Hopefully, in two or three, we can get to a point where we stop doing it. But that's how deep it is in us. So many women and mothers have been socialized to avoid confrontation, to think of confrontation as failure, and to equate confrontation with failure. And so it makes it really hard to change anything. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to realize that you're asking dudes to give up a hell of a lot of privilege. Yes. Oh, a lot of privilege and why would anybody want to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) when they say things like what our family's working great it is for them yeah it's working great and when they say things like but i'm doing so much more than my dad ever did that's true but you know a hundred percent more of zero
0: (laughs) is still one percent yeah
1: (laughs) I'm not impressed dude your dad was like your dad was doing crap the fact that you're doing a little less crap is good but it is not where we need to be especially it it tends to be easier to get through to fathers of daughters when you ask them what type of relationship when you're when your daughter grows up if she decides to parent What type of relationship do you want her to be in? What do you want her parenting experience to be? How do you want her to feel as a parent? When you get them projecting into the future and looking at their kid – and then they start to see stuff. They're like, "Oh, hell no! Why should she have to do that? Yeah. I don't want her to have to do that." Mm-hmm. But you're cool with your your partner or your wife or your girlfriend doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it. You have to backtrack, like you have to reverse engineer it for them sometimes, for to get them to see it.
0: Yeah, the thing like, I know you talk about, like the you call it the mother load, like the kind of the mental emotional labor of of motherhood, and or you know. I know we're talking about this in like a really cis hetero way, but that's, that's really
1: this work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so that's, so that's been part of it for me. When I first started talking about moms, I, I really felt like I had to, that everything I talked about had to be applicable to every single mom or it wasn't valid mm-hmm. because I, and I think that that's, there are, I don't want to go awokeness, but there are stages to this. Like when you start to to see all of how all of the systems intermingle and how they all affect us in the beginning you can feel like every word out of your mouth has to apply to everyone or it's not valid yes and, and i really have to give a huge shout out to my friend andrea renee johnson because she she just smacked me upside the head yeah <laughs> And was like look you are an expert in what you're doing and what you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that's and, helpful for me too. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with defining your lane and staying in your lane. Yeah. So as long as I am not saying that the work that I do with heterosexual couples applies to everyone, then because it doesn't, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> then yeah. I can feel like I'm, I am talking about specifically in, in this thing, I am talking about the interplay between heterosexual men and women. And how we can break that paradigm, right? Um, Can that maybe be helpful for queer families? Sure. Like there might be stuff in here that is. I'm sure it is. There's stuff in here that's universal, right? But am I qualified to run a course for queer parents? No, I don't know. Of course, no. I would end up being harmful.
0: Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Yes. I 100% would end up screwing something up and and hurting somebody or multiple somebodies and like Hell no! I should not be doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, now I do run like my my group, for the Mom Center, is for all moms, and there's all kind like there's gender non-binary moms in there, there are questioning moms in there, there are single moms in there, there are married moms in there, there are queer moms in there. They're like, uh, you know, we're all in there helping each other out and supporting each other, and that is a very open and inclusive space, right? Uh, but the course where we're talking about patriarchy and capitalism and that intersection within your family, that has very clearly been defined as a thing for heterosexual couples. Yeah. I don't like hopefully this all makes sense. <laughs>
0: no, it, it does. And it's actually really helpful for me, too, as it relates to the way that I word certain things on for my programs and things like that too, because yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: there are, there are certain things that are just for certain people. And I announced a couple of days ago because I have really mean friends and they make me do things and it's annoying and they've been bugging me to make a planner. So I'm making a a planner and please summer, don't ever do this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. Is that your mom journal? No, no. They saw me make a journal. Okay. These horrible people. (laughs) <laughs> saw me make a journal and saw me go through like that was its own version of hell like right not even just writing the journal that part i can do i'm talking about like formatting and figuring out all that crap they saw me do that and then then they said oh you should make a planner go really well with the journal moms would love a planner planners are so hot right now And <laughs> then asked, yeah i should totally do that and then i announced it because i knew that if i didn't like if I didn't oh, make I it, oh, you ask
0: about yeah. it. Yes,
1: because I'm just—I am not a smart person, <laughs> and I'm already regretting it. This shit's hard, and don't ever—just don't do it. You just know don't. You can
0: just abandon it, right? <laughs> permission to abandon. Hi,
1: (laughs) have you met me? Also most stubborn person ever. So yeah, I mean, I could and anybody else would. And also I'm not. Um, (laughs) But I, I figured I should ask moms what they actually want in the planner so that I don't go off and make all of this stuff that nobody actually wants or needs. Right. So so I did. And somebody in the comments said, you know, you should really call it a parent planner or um, a planner for parents, because that would be much more inclusive. And I was like, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a planner for parents. I, I, it is specifically for moms. And if you don't see yourself as a mom, then you should not buy this planner. Yeah. Buy, like there are a ton of different planners out there. Then you should buy another planner that fits you and your life and your um, truth and you're, you know, like of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. should not try. Like, I can't make a planner for moms, slap a new name on it and call it inclusive. Like, yeah,
0: fair. It's totally fair. It's actually just, yeah, it's being clear on who you help. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's not inclusive. That's, you know, that would then somebody, somebody who is not a mom would buy it, would spend money on this planner and be using the planner and it would be harmful to them Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen yeah yeah um makes sense and eventually you know she went back and forth with me for a while on how like yeah I was excluding people and I'm like yes yes I yes I am yeah um and that's not always a horrible thing
0: uh well yeah because in the context of harm it's like it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah Yeah.
1: yes like I I I don't know I I yeah and I I feel like um this does not mean that my lane cannot expand later as I learn more and grow more and be and grow my capacity to hold space for more people. Right. It means that I know where I am now and who I am helpful to and who I am harmful to right now.
0: Yeah. So I want to circle back to the mother load Yes. and that emotional and mental labor and that the impact of that, like the burden that we carry. You know, how, like, how do we start to change that? I feel like that's one of the hardest things because it's, it's one thing to say, you're going to be responsible for helping to pack or whatever, or packing, but it's the, okay. But then like in my brain, there's so much space in my brain that's being occupied by like, okay, I have to remember to pack this. I have to remember to pack that, like all that stuff. Like how, how do we start to change that and shift the balance?
1: I actually – I define the mother – there's four things in it. it is mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Okay. Financial covers career and – and also for stay-at-home moms, that nagging feeling that you shouldn't be spending money on this or you shouldn't be doing this thing or you shouldn't be, you know, because you're not contributing financially to the household, which is bullshit. Yeah. So, so it covers a lot of things, right? And people get really caught up in that mental and emotional part because it's hard to parse those two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, mental is all the CEO functions. It's the remembering. It's the researching. It's all of the parenting books that you've bought and the five million planners that you have and the calendars that you're keeping. And like that's mental. Emotional is the worrying that you're doing, the teaching your kids um, emotional See, now my brain just stopped. Mom brain, thank you. Um, Teaching your kids emotional intelligence, being there for them during the meltdowns and Mm -hmm. all of the worrying and the feeling work that you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the physical is the literal, like physically doing the laundry, (laughs) driving them wherever, um, cleaning, all of that stuff. And so the things that go in these lists, even though I've kind of separated them out, there can be many things that go into multiple lists. And for a lot of us, they're going to look totally different. For me, doing the dishes goes in mental and emotional and physical. For somebody else, it might just be physical. They don't have any other connection or association to it. They just do the thing and it's fine. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so, how you change that? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of teach about this. Um, (laughs) Is First, you have to make it visible, right? That's kind of why I just went through those those lists is that like one of the things I have people do is literally write them down. Yeah, it makes sense. Like write it out. You have to be able to see it. When you can't see it, you can't change it. When you can't see it, your partner can't see it. I have a challenge that I do with moms. It's called the post-it note challenge. And you literally just take a pack of post-it notes and a pen, pick any room in your house, Set a timer for 20 minutes on your phone or, you know, if you have an egg timer or whatever, set a timer, 20 minutes. Close your eyes in the doorway or the entranceway or whatever of the house, of the room that you've chosen. And when you open your eyes, you walk through the room and put a post-it note on anything that sparks a thought or a feeling and you write the thought or feeling on the post-it note. Now, you only got 20 minutes, so you may not write the entire long thought process that you have. You may just write a word or a phrase or a symbol that's going to remind you of what it is. There's no room in your house that won't look like a porcupine after 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> there is no room. Your children's rooms, your li- there is no room. You can pick a closet and it will look like a porcupine. I've had moms do this with their front door. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a porcupine. It is a way of taking everything out of your head and making it visible. And then this next step is sharing that. So the next step, like you want to do this. You want to tell all of the other people in your house to leave you alone for 20 minutes, which will probably mean locking them in somewhere, if we're being honest. (laughs) Um, But then you invite them in to look at your head Mm -hmm. and see the thing about privilege is that it's invisible and we're living in houses. If, if you're living in a house with a dude, he literally does not see it. I'm not saying he shouldn't. He should. I'm saying he doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it's it, yes. Yes. He doesn't 100%. see it.
1: So you make it visible and after that, if he still ignores it, he's just a jerk, right? <laughs> um, and I'm I'm totally fine just telling him that to his face. Um, but but you make it visible, and and there there's usually it, it's really emotional. There are moms who break down, crying and sobbing after doing this because when they see the depth of and uh, breadth of what they're carrying, yeah. it, it's hard for them, right? And then there are so many guys who see this and they're like. How do you think with all of this shit in your head? And you're standing there like, yeah, that's what I've been saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, yeah. On,
1: on a more practical level, when it comes to things like packing, you literally say to him, hey, that vacation that we're taking for Christmas, I'm not packing anything for anybody.
0: <laughs> I, see, my biggest fear okay. would be that you get there and then okay. like...
1: And then you don't have, okay, let's, okay, so let's do it. So here's the thing. Okay. So you get there and you don't have any of the things you actually need. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. And then it's his responsibility to go and spend the money and get the things.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that just like makes me so uncomfortable,
1: but I know it's the right thing to do. And everybody has to sit, he, he has to deal with the consequences of the thing. Right. Yeah. So. Here's the thing: when 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 each of us first brought our kids home, whether we adopted them or or had them or however we brought a small person into our lives, mm-hmm. there was a learning curve. Yes, right. We sucked at stuff. There were times when we were terrible at changing the diaper, and they got diaper rash. And there was there were times when we thought that the cue, the feeding cue, was that they needed to be burped, but they were really hungry. Like we we screwed up a lot, mm-hmm. and they learned and we learned and everybody's still alive, yes. right? And we had those 10,000 hours, mm-hmm. right? We, we put in our time. And while we were putting in our time, there's a mix of reasons why dads weren't putting in the same amount of time, depending on your household, right? But they weren't putting in the same amount of time. And as your kids move through ages and stages, you know, that 10,000 hours resets. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and every yeah. kid probably yeah. new. Was Now it's all of a sudden wrong and you're like, oh shit, right? And so (laughs) you're constantly putting in your 10,000 hours and he's constantly not. Mm -hmm. And so then you get to a point where you're fed up rightfully, right? And you're throwing stuff at him rightfully. And then you're also expecting him to do it the way you would do it. And you're assuming that your standards are the right ones. And you're expecting all of that to happen immediately. And that's where... Sad to say it, we are wrong.
0: Yeah. Wow. That makes so much sense. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We got really uh, weirdly lucky. I hate saying that. But my birth was horrendous. And I couldn't move for the first, like, 48 hours after my son was born. Mm -hmm. People had to hand him to me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely wasn't changing a diaper. Like, I couldn't bend over. I had had emergency surgery after having a really horribly long and involved and very painful labor. Mm. I had preeclampsia. I was, you know, I was sick. I couldn't move. So um, Adam was doing all of the diaper changes. Uh, Adam was the darling of the nurses because he was, he's like six, four, and he was sleeping on this little mat on the floor in the, in the room. And they all just thought he was so awesome. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I have 27 stitches, right? now can you can you I mean really really he's like he'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's gonna survive (laughs) come on y'all but no they loved him but he um he sat there with me and and was like listening to the when the lactation cult consultant came in like he was helping position boobs and he was helping me pump and he was I mean I couldn't he was picking me up and carrying me to the bathroom Mm -hmm. like I couldn't do any of the things and even after we got home there was a really long recovery period and then my mind decided to attack me and so for a lot of The first year of my son's life, Adam was doing the mom stuff that we assume is the mom stuff. He was making the schedule and he was doing the laundry and he was feeding out, uh, figuring out all the feeding stuff. And like, we didn't have a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do it. Right. So our 10,000 hours were kind of switched. Mm -hmm. As I got healthier, I had to figure out how to do all of these things. Like he was the one who would be like, no, that cry means his diaper needs to get changed. Yeah. Yeah. That and I didn't, even though I was the one home all day while he was back at work. I was just, you know, barely keeping myself alive at that point and barely keeping my son alive at that point. And Adam was the one that was really picking up on all the cues. So our household, even as we evened back out and I was able to do more things, there was never a feeling in our house that he couldn't do it. it was some mysterious mom thing that he couldn't figure out. Mm -hmm.
0: He just figured it out because he had to.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Right. Which is what we do. (laughs) If you disappear tomorrow, I promise you that your partner, husband, whoever, the dude in your life would figure this out. It would be messy. And there would be times when your kids had to suffer consequences, like not having a warm jacket at school one day when it's cold. Right. And then your kid gets sick. And then he would have to deal with it because you wouldn't be there. So um, there are some moms that I have coached that have just gone on strike. Yeah, they've just. It works best when you legit leave your house
0: for four or five days. Well, you would have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would be impossible to. Yeah, participate that's in when that. it
1: works. Yeah, that's when it works. At, that's when it actually works the best. Um, mm-hmm. But but there are moms. You know, there are moms who have just gone on strike, and there are other moms who have been able to have conversations and and get through really around the idea of responsibility. Whose responsibility is it to raise these children? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are dudes out there wearing this is what a feminist looks like T-shirts who are acting like assholes in their homes yeah, and not putting those two things together ever.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, I just want to knock them upside the head sometimes. Yes. (laughs) Like a lot, (laughs) like a lot. (laughs) Um, But it is – it's really complicated and that's part of why I made the partner pack for Mother of Liberation was that I knew that, you know, I couldn't just work with moms on – my focus is on moms, right? My focus is on you getting really, really clear on who you are, what you need, what you want, what your goals, values, and priorities are. I want you to be centered in those and I want to help you discover those, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we can talk about how you actually live those out in your daily life. And if you've got a partner, it's going to involve them at some point, right? You're going to have to have conversations with them around shit that needs to change.
0: But I want to start with you. Yeah. So speaking of that, like, how do you see this stuff impacting a woman's sense of self-worth?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. So deeply. Yeah. Deeply. Okay. I literally have a um (laughs) I have a tattoo on my left arm that faces me. It's on the inside of my arm. Also, don't ever do that. It's super painful. Don't (laughs) there's so many things that I've done that I'm like, you guys, don't do it. Don't it's not (laughs) it it hurts so bad. It says worthy. Yeah. And it, it doesn't it. You know, on the outside of my arm, I also I put a sleeve of flowers around it. So when most people who see my arms or hands or whatever, just see the flowers and like, oh, that's pretty. Um, They don't know about the message on the inside because it's not for them. It's for me. Mm -hmm. I have to remind myself that I am worthy. And I remind all of the moms that I work with and just moms in general. I say this over and over to the point where some of the moms in the mom center just roll their eyes now when I start saying it because they're just used to me and over it. And so the thing is, is that you were born worthy and nothing that has happened to you, nothing that you have done between the moment of your birth and whenever you're hearing me say this has changed your worth. It is intrinsic and immutable. You just are worthy. But we socialize everyone who presents as female That your worth is in service, your worth and especially and this is where race comes into it, that and culture comes into it, that for some of us, our worth is in strength. Our worth is in how much pain we can hold for others. Our worth is in what we can carry and not just in the fact that you're awake and breathing right now right? And, and there's so much that we have to break down. And, and some of it comes through on the emotional side. You know, some of it is having those conversations and reminding ourselves and getting it tattooed on our arms, right? That I, like, I am worthy. I am just straight up, flat out all the time, worthy. Um, and some of it comes from taking action. Sometimes we're reverse engineering like, okay, if you really, truly believed that you were worthy of rest, how would you live your life?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And and getting an answer from them, because that's going to be different for everybody. Right. Getting an answer and then challenging them to live like that for maybe depending on the person. Maybe it's only for one hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe starting with half an hour, 15 minutes and then we're moving up to an hour, half a day, a whole day three days a week. And, and they start saying, well, okay, well the only way for me to do that is for me to also do this thing and this thing and this thing. And I'm like, now nah, we're cooking with gas.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's when I start, that's when my evil laugh comes out and I'm like, I got you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes. You are going to change your whole life, hon. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, I have sucked you in. This is my evil plan from the beginning was to make you happy and healthy in all aspects of your life. I just started with this one little corner um, because that's really how it works. Exactly, yes. That's really how it works. It's really, um, this is my secret for sucking them in. I've just given it to you and all of them. Now
0: they know. <laughs> it's still going to work. It's still going to work. Well, yeah, because people don't necessarily do it on their own.
1: <laughs> they'll see. They'll be like, Grandma's sucking me in right now and I'm still getting pulled in. Oh, shit. That's, yeah, that's how it's going to work. It'll be fine. It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> so real quick before we wrap up, I wanted to ask just about, because you wrote this really great piece about wanting and the shame around wanting, and you wrote that you were the type of person that sees your needs as inconveniences as your and your wants as things that you must earn, like that idea that we have to, like, earn our wants. Yeah. So how, you know, how have you learned to better advocate for your wants? Like, what's your advice to to people listening and uh, some of the people yeah. that you work with.
1: I, for me, it all started from my, my worth practice. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I have to give a shout out to my friend, Joanna Dane, who is, she posts these just like, ah, she's writing her soul out. You guys like, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, but she posts every morning about wanting. And that really what, Opened my eyes to it, to what was going on inside myself. As it made me, she was holding up this mirror and the mirror was ugly. And I was like, well, shit. <laughs> um, because my parents were the don't walk back in this house without straight A's parents. My dad literally used to say to me every day, and he still says this to me, even though I push back every time he says it now you only have the right to be right, you never have the right to be wrong. And there's so much race and class in there, there's so there's so much, so much that we can't even parse that all out. but it really deeply impacted the things that I was that I thought I could want. Uh, I thought that i I couldn't want anything until I had done something to deserve or earn the thing
0: yeah right and I'm,
1: like, um, I can't take a nap until I've cleaned the kitchen. I can't have ice cream unless I've had a certain number of vegetables today. I'm a grown ass woman. I can have ice cream whenever I want. Yes. What is point of paying a mortgage yes. if I can't have ice cream? Or, like what? <sighs> what? Yeah. I, but I, I, You know, once Joanna started posting about wanting, I saw all of these things in myself and I was like, damn it, I want ice cream. <laughs> Like what I, I and I saw, like, are you kidding me? Am I still actually treating myself like a child and not even the way I would treat my children?,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Am I still actually, like acting out these things of the way I was treated as a child? Well, I am forty years old. You can't tell me with my gray hair and saggy boobs that I can't have ice cream. oh. No, I got really angry about it. Right. And I looked down at my arm and I saw the word worthy there. And I was like, I am worthy of wanting things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I realized that one of the things that I've been doing with my kids since they were super, super little, my son is a hinter. He's a well, mommy, uh, did you know it is almost dinner time? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) when what I know is that he wants to ask me for something specific for dinner and I'm just not playing the game. I refuse to play the game. I'm not going to raise a passive aggressive child. So I'm like, if there's something that you want, ask for the thing that you want. And I must say that to him five or six times a day. So why the hell was I not asking for the things that I wanted? Mm -hmm. Not even from myself, right? I'm not even talking about from Adam or my kids or my friends or my parents, from myself. I wasn't even naming them out loud, And I was like, okay, if I'm going to give him this edict that he has to ask for the things that he wants, then I have to do it, too. Mm -hmm. And I started making myself write down at least five things that I want every single morning when I wake up. Oh, wow. Five things. And what I found is that as I got past all of the physical stuff, it started with, like, I want to go back to sleep for 20 minutes. Um, I want Idris Elba to knock on my door. I want a puppy. I want a nanny. (laughs) I want something else to clean the toilet. Like, you know, it started with all of these, like, really. It got deeper. It got, eventually, it got, like, I started realizing things about myself that, like, I want to retire into the mountains. Mm-hmm. had no clue until that came out one morning. And I was like, Oh, cool. Should probably give Adam a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I want to lead a retreat for moms. I want to um, have time, more time to really talk to my friends and really know them on a deeper level than I do right now. I want to, want at least one mom to come up to me and tell me how I have changed her life. I want to have impactful work. I want to write a book. Who knew that? Had no clue. Had no clue. All of these wants started bubbling up to the surface once I created some space for them to come out. And I have no attachment to giving myself any of these wants. None. That was part of the rule was that – I got to say whatever I wanted without it being possible, without me then having to work to get it. Like I'm allowed to just want things even if they're not
0: possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I you know, I don't have to necessarily, and and it's not a failure if, you know, Idris Elba never knocks on my door with five puppies. Okay, that is a failure. That would be really sad. That would be I would cry.
0: That really <laughs> Well, yeah, you thing. have to give yourself like that unconditional permission to just want.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah magic yeah. it is it is really really it's magical and Joanna has actually invited a few of us um, I think she's going to turn this into a service at some point I don't know but she's invited a few of us to join her in in her wanting practice and really kind of dive into our wants and I was like me 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 yes. <laughs> And I can't wait to get started I have there's so many different coaches that I work with on different aspects of, of my life. And it makes me such a better person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. As a coach, I totally agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs>
1: if you are a coach and you don't have a coach, it's like being a therapist who doesn't have a therapist. Like I don't trust you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You
1: can't support. And this is like being, this is like a mom without a village. You can't support other people if you're not being supported. Yes. 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 You, like, m- yeah, it's not the kids that need the village. Like, it doesn't take a village to raise a child because the kids need a village. It takes a village to raise a child because nobody can do this shit by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yes. We are pack animals and we have forgotten that. Yes. And um, yeah, that's a big part of it for me is creating community so that we remember that the joke now is that i'm going to start a momune at some point
0: <laughs> i'll join <laughs>
1: That's the joke is that like i'm eventually just going to suck everyone into colorado and we're going to have this weird like hybrid hippie momune thing
0: going on <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's do it. I feel like, that, I feel like it could exist there.
1: <laughs> I just think it would be so much fun. Um, we went on vacation in June with a bunch of friends. Some of them were parents. Some of them weren't. But we had this awesome ratio of more adults than kids, which was just always fabulous and necessary. Right? Mm-hmm. And we, at the beginning of the week, sat all the kids down and were like, OK, these are all the adults, the adults that are in charge of you. Yeah. If you get hurt, you can go to any of them. If any of them tells you to stop doing something, you stop doing the thing, right? (laughs) Like all of these adults are parenting you for this week. And it was amazing. That's great. I took so many naps.
0: Yes. Oh, that sounds great. (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah.
1: And I was, there were so many times when I was able to like kick my friends out and tell them to go take naps and be like, I'm taking the kids to the beach. I got this. You go, go drink something, go eat something, go sleep, go to the movies, like go vacation go do it you know and we also each like kind of connected with at least one of the other kids in a really special way like my friend's son Ason is now my very bestest buddy ever he's <laughs> that's awesome like he's my buddy my kids have their buddies right and we we've all kind of we had we had a mom moon for a week and it was awesome and i want more that's of fantastic that.
0: that's great
1: More more of it yeah
0: well we've got to wrap up here
1: yes yes i told you i talk so much i told you i warned you <laughs> it's okay it's okay
0: I it's all you. good it's all good so, <laughs> but where where can people find more more of you like where where do you hang out i know i know but i would like you to tell if they're
1: day. not if they're not done with all of the talking if you have not been exhausted by all
0: of the talking <laughs> if
1: you're still I've... here no, i'm
0: just joking <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you're still here no i've actually made it really simple it's grahamseabrook.com And it's Graham Seabrook on everywhere. So if you're on Facebook, you search Graham Seabrook. That's me on Instagram. Graham Seabrook. That's me on Twitter. um, I'm mostly on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is usually just where I'm like following comic book accounts. (laughs) So if you're if you're a comic nerd and you want to come hang out on Twitter, like totally do that. Um, But for mom stuff, it's mostly Facebook and Instagram And, and yeah, my website and your podcast. And my pod- podcast is on the website. Everything's on the website. Like I just put everything on the website. What's the name <laughs> of your podcast? It's your, th- it's it's your y- mom friends. Your mom. Yeah, that's right, right. And it's really just me talking to my mom friends. It um it's great, though. yeah. It's really I, I needed an excuse to get to talk to them because we're all super busy. And I was like, hey, I'll make a podcast. And then <laughs> this is brilliant. they have to schedule stuff. And it worked. It was super sneaky and well now they all know about it because they're going to hear this but um but it totally worked it was awesome awesome. that's great (laughs) and the second season's coming out in november
0: cross your finger maybe maybe maybe. we'll see great (laughs) well thank you so much for being here thank you for having me great i'm so glad i finally got to get you on the show you were as i said you were like on the top of my list for this season so okay now
1: i feel fancy yes you should (laughs)
0: <laughs> you should, no, you should. Now I just
1: I feel fancy now thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> it was really fun. it was really fun.
0: That was really fun to record. That was a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You can find all the links and resources mentioned at summerinnden.com forward slash 151. And uh, so many good exercises and questions that you can use in your life. I was really uh, thinking about a lot of the things that Graham said during that conversation and afterwards. Um, one of the things I just wanted to clarify before we wrap this episode up is just the, the idea of, of, you know, her work being n- not inclusive, not that I would call it that, but, uh, for, for lack of a better term, that's kind of how, what she said, because, um, you know, she said she, she really targets moms and female identifying moms. And, uh, and I was saying, yes, I agree with that. And it makes sense to me. And, it, and in my business, you know, I, I, I don't talk to men. And I think, you know, sometimes I've been told that maybe I'm not inclusive and things like that. So and when she was saying those things and how you can't be for everyone and how, you know, you only have a certain range of experience and expertise and you don't want to cause harm and everything else. Anyways, I, my brain was just going and it was, it, I was nodding my head and thinking, okay, okay, it makes sense now. And I don't feel so bad anymore. So in case you were reading into my reaction, that's what was going on in my head. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did and i will talk to you next time rock on i'm summer in and and i want to thank you for listening today you can follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at summer in if you haven't yet go to apple podcasts and subscribe rate and review this show i would be so grateful until next time rock on